God, we thank you so very much that you have spoken to us through your word, that you haven't left us alone to scrap about on this planet trying to figure out how to live. I ask that as we turn to your word today that you'd help us to be able to understand what we're reading and to know how to respond. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so um, in studying the original languages of the scripture, one of the things that you learn is that the Psalms, which are primarily written in Hebrew, um, have been a prayer book for God worshipers for hundreds of years. And a number of the Psalms, to an English mindset or English speaking, I don't see any Brits in the room, uh, to an English speaking mindset are actually better understood if you read the last verse first. Now today, we're going to, and I, I don't usually do this, our title for today, for those of you that are taking notes, is Our Purpose, whoa, come on now, Our Purpose, Our Place. We just say that with me? Our purpose, our place. Now, the last verse of Psalm 107 says this, Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. And I'm happy today to say that in the journey of this church family and in the journey of Baltimore, if we are wise and paying attention, we can see the faithful love of the Lord. That in the faithful love of the Lord, we find our purpose and our place. This song, this prayer in Psalm 107, walks through, makes reference to the history of the Hebrew people up until that point. And in commenting on a variety of the different parts of their history, repeatedly in Four different verses, they're given, it's like, church, come on now. They're given this instruction that you see on the screen. Let them praise the Lord for his great love, for the wonderful things he has done for them. And today, as we make an announcement about moving to a better facility, I am calling us as a spiritual family to praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for us. Because you know what? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about a selfish life, as has already been said today. This worshiping God thing is really about letting go of the things that I prefer so that I can live in such a way as to benefit the whole human community. I'm excited. In the last uh, few, the few years before Rebecca and I moved to Baltimore, we were in a season of assessment and prayer and fasting and study and other things. And in that season, God really spoke to me through Psalm 107 in confirming that Baltimore was where he was moving us to. And there were two verses that jumped off the page. Um, to that end, which is they, and they are connected to the name of our church, City Harbor Church. Verse seven, it says, and this is talking about God and his relationship with the Hebrew people. He led them straight to safety to a city where they could live. 
There's much that can be said about how God is the creator and designer of cities and God cares a great deal about cities. Now he cares equally about humans that live in the wilderness by themselves and people that work farms, but I'm a little city biased. Verse 30, he says, what a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. And this Psalm 107, as walking through the way that God over the history of the Hebrew people was guiding them and leading them, we see this very clear picture of God having purpose in the city and in a safe harbor. And actually, this Psalm is giving them instruction that's not literal, but is actually spiritual. That is talking about how a community of believers should be like what God had in mind in that city and in that harbor. I think that's in part God's word to us. Now, we've got to kind of start at the basics, at the beginning, to make sure that we're talking about the same thing in the same way. So City Harbor Church is a safe place to find and follow who? Jesus. Jesus. And here's a basic thought that I have for us today. Through His church, God creates a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus, receiving and responding to His love. It's through us. It's through us. And whom are we following? Well, Jesus, who said these words, God so loved the world that He gave His Son, so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. It is Jesus who summarized all of the Old Testament and it's most important put priority on this. Matthew 22, 37-40. Love God with all you've got. And love your neighbor in the same way you take care of yourself. And Jesus uses that agape love word, which is, I make a decision, not based on the merit of the other person. I make a decision to give love to them, to show them love. I make a decision to give love that is faithful, patient, and kind. That's that Jesus kind of love, which is why we say, love gives. And Jesus gave simple instruction, which we recently talked about at length. I will build my church. And it was on the rock of Peter's confession of Jesus' identity as Messiah. That is the foundation, the central theme of the church. It is not meant to be a human organization first. It is meant to be an individual relationship with the Savior first. That is cost, that it should be the most inclusive and creative human organization, but where a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus is center. Because whose church is it? Not mine, and it's not Joe's. It's the church of Jesus, who is our head, who is our good shepherd, who is the person whom we follow. So if we look like, smell like, sound like something other than Jesus, we got it wrong. It's time to break it down, break it apart, and start over. Are you with me? Yeah. Jesus uses this word, ecclesia, church, 
meaning new people or people that have come to faith in Jesus, saved people following Jesus together. They were called out of their homes for assembly, regularly assembled for specific purpose with unique identity. Some people think that churches that really put a lot of effort to get folks together are just full of themselves. No, they are following a pattern that Jesus set when he used this word. It is Jesus who called us to get together on a regular basis to know each other and to be known, to have a sense of belonging, to have a sense of, come on somebody, say amen today, right? To have a sense of caring for each other, following Jesus. It really is that simple. Now, before Jesus returned to the Father, He gave them a purpose. And throughout the rest of the New Testament, what we're reading is how the people who saw Him with their own eyes, heard Him with their own ears, responded to what they, what Jesus taught them to do. What did He say? Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Go to people of all sorts in all nations. The ethnos is the word Jesus uses. Go, urge people to become my followers. I don't want to do that anymore. we got separation of church and state now and separation of the crazy people and the people who believe in science. Hogwash! Jesus gives us mission. Second Corinthians chapter 5 refers to it as We are given the message and the ministry of reconciliation. God, through us, makes an appeal to others to come and follow Jesus, and we're better together. It's the mission. It's why we live. It's the only reason I'm in Baltimore. When Jesus prayed for everyone all time in the future who were yet to be born that might believe in him this was his prayer summarizing john chapter 17 verses 20 through 23 for all who will ever believe in me that they will all be one so that the world will believe our unity and in this church people of a wide range of educational and ethnic and cultural unique attributes We come together because, and let me tell you something, if I took a picture of every individual that's in this room today, and I put it out on the web for mass consumption, and I said, do you believe that people this unique from each other can be in one church, the majority vote would be no. But here we are circled around Jesus and our community, our ecclesia is a witness, our unity is a witness that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is real, that Jesus has a purpose in this life. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Come on, man. You all in your relationships with each other are a witness of that. And there is nothing more important in your life. Yeah, I said it. How did they respond? What did they do? Acts chapter 2, summarizing verses 42 through 47. They shared the good news of Jesus. They were devoted to Jesus' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to sharing life with each other. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to helping each other. They were devoted to meeting in groups, large and small. You keep repeating that devoted word. I know, right? Here's what it means. To continue to do something with an intense effort 
Only Pastor Ben does that, right? No, to continue to do something with an intense effort. That's how these early believers, these followers of Jesus were described. With the possible implication of action despite difficulty. Erica said it really well a minute ago. To devote oneself to, to keep on, to persist in. Ladies and gentlemen, like it or not, believe it or not, that is what we are called to do. And trust me, I know. I didn't, honestly, I didn't sleep that well last night. It took some devotion to get my tail end in here. <laughs> All right, well, this is a place where it's safe to be honest, right? 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 Okay, so devotion is how they responded. Why? Well, Paul summarizes it very well in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3-4, through 4, which should be essential to our description of who we are, why we exist. Paul writes, this is good. Pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. That is the heart of God. And yet God in his sovereign wisdom created us with the free will, with the choice. We can reject him or we can accept him. And in my life experience, the more people I invite to Jesus, the more people who come to Jesus. And whether they receive Jesus or reject Jesus, my invitation can be God's grace in their life. It doesn't change the value of who I am. It doesn't, it is not a grade at the end exam. Some of you will pick up on what that means later. So, for us, a lot of information on the screen right now. I just want to talk about a few basic values for us as a church that might be a little bit unique from other churches. And I've provided scripture references on the screen to help you anchor into this. So for City Harbor Church to be a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And in the last couple of years, we've done series on how can you change a neighborhood? What does it mean for us to be a safe place? We've done series on what the Bible has to say about us being a church. All of that information is up. Here's what I see and what God has birthed in us and the elders of our church who are all praying for us this morning on this momentous occasion. A Jesus-following church for me and what God spoke to me, to us and the elders at, in Portland, Oregon, went through the assessment about is this a word from God to start this church. What I saw without fail in the New Testament was that church planting and witnessing with Jesus was at first urban. They went to the middle of the city, to the place where there was public assembly, and that's where they started. And guess where we are? If you look at a map of Baltimore City and you look at the city limits and you put your finger in the middle, here we are. So for me, our church is a church that is called to be urban. Guess what? We are not moving to Towson. God called other people to Towson. It sure as heck is not me. I love everybody who lives there, hangs out there. I I got nothing against you. I don't like going there. I don't like going to the suburbs. I like visiting the country, getting out in the wilderness. I detest the suburbs. It's just me. It's just me. I know for a lot of people that's what it means, the land of pleasant living. I don't agree. Anyway, the, the, the various chapters of the book of Acts that you see listed on the screen will give you an illustration of where church planting, of where witnessing in Jesus, where a vibrant church family was in an urban situation. In Rome, in Corinth, in Ephesus, 
on and on and on it goes. Macedonia, Antioch. Now, for me also, the body of Christ should be multi-ethnic, multicultural. And we see in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, this is the vision of Jesus Christ. That Listen, race, the word race, the way it's used in our country right now, is a social construct that was created to put other people down. There is one human race with many ethnicities and many expressions in culture. And we all swim in culture and look around the room. We have a wide variety of ethnicities. I'm a Euro-Mutt Norwegian Cherokee. What are you? Right? But for me specifically, our church should be urban, multi-ethnic, multicultural, third, spirit-filled. We are a spirit-filled church, and we see evidence of that in Acts chapter 2 and throughout, actually, the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And what that means is that we believe in receiving the Holy Spirit of God the way they did in Acts chapter 2, that it would immerse us. It would immerse our spirit. And I believe that God's invitation to every human is to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Now, that may evidence itself a wide variety of ways, but we definitely believe in healing miracles. We definitely believe in prophecy. We definitely believe in gifts of teaching and gifts of the apostle and gifts of the pastor. We believe in a wide variety of evidences and from your interaction with the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit fruit. We believe in those things. That's a part of who we are. And in this 18 block area, we are unique in that respect. We are the only urban, multi-ethnic, multicultural, spirit-filled church. You're looking at it, right? Fourth, healthy. What do I mean by that? I mean that, and not every church puts a high value on this, that we believe when you have a personal interaction with Jesus Christ, your whole person should become more healthy. Did you know it's Mental Health Awareness Month? Here's one thing that's unique about our network of churches, our Bible college, and a lot of the books that are published by the group that we are a part of in our root system. We believe in taking the transformative healing power of God and putting the scriptures to use, and we believe in taking all that God has given us the ability to learn that is used in medicine and mental health practices. We believe in bringing those things together. We don't reject one for the other. That's one thing that is unique about our network of churches and this church. And so we believe that you should become healthier as you interact with Jesus. It's not just come, hey, sing these songs and they'll help you be miserable. No. And and honestly, the functional reality of some churches is that. What's wrong with you? You don't have enough Jesus? Well, guess what? There are some genetic predispositions. There are some physiological makeup of the human body. There are some hormonal things. There are some things. There are a lot of things that herbal practices, which have been ancient, hello, and ancient people actually did use herbal and mineral combinations to help soothe the body, the mind, and the soul. Some of you are looking a little nervous. Hey, I love all y'all. I'm just saying this is something that's a little bit unique about us. We believe that your interaction with Jesus should help you get healthier. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23 that's on the screen is, let the Spirit make new your thoughts and attitudes. God cares about what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Thank you, Pastor Ben. We're so glad that you believe that. 
Number five, number five, and this would also be an essential DNA of this church, we believe in a missional practice. And what that means is that God has always been about bringing his shalom. And what shalom peace of God means is that all parties are made whole. We believe that in the ancient root system of this country, there is sin and oppression and wrong. And that in our city, there is sin and oppression and wrong that needs to be made right. And what are we seeing right now in our city? God is purging the house. God is cleaning out those who have been sinful. And God is bringing forward servants who will be faithful. I'm continuing to pray for that. (laughs) What we also believe is that each individual person is given an opportunity of somewhere that they can serve, where they can do something. We believe that love gives. Do something about it. I got to wrap up. What should we do today? All y'all, this will be in the email with the notes on the post, cityharborchurch.com. Receive and respond to the love of Jesus. Will you please devote yourselves to connect in gathering on weekends for worship, to receive and respond to the love of God, to grow by meeting in small groups for prayer, learning, sharing life, to share by living like Jesus and sharing His love every day, everywhere, and to practice courageous generosity with your time, energy, and money by giving at a level where you are aware of the sacrifice. You can interact with us and help others know that there is a church here that loves you, that is open, that is uh, inclusive uh, through a variety of ways, interacting with and sharing our various Sunday morning talks, interacting with us on social media. I will say, listen, the Hamden merchants use the heck out of Facebook. So we keep up at facebook.com slash City Harbor Church. If you go there and write a review and rate the church, it will help people that are just Googling and trying to find out, like, are those people crazy? What's going on with them? I asked you guys to do that um, last month and nobody did it. Um, there's, I thought this was a safe place to be honest. Oh, not me? Oh, I can't, I can't be honest. Right, right. Okay. And there's ways to make donations um, online. You can do it via texting. Text the number 84321 to give. You can also load the Church Center mobile app for um, Apple or Android and manage your giving that way, which will uh, really help. So we see a church loving Jesus in a way that people talk about, where people find salvation and healing in Jesus, helping people find careers and peaceful homes, where everyone can find a place that they fit, serving the city with love that works. City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. Through His church, God creates a safe place for this to happen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, the moment that you have been waiting for. We are about to move. Starting on Sunday morning, June 2nd, we will no longer be here in this space. Uh, We will be meeting in a new building, and I want to show you some pictures of this building. There's the front. There's the inside of the sanctuary. It's another shot of the sanctuary there. And for the first time in our church history, we will have proper facilities for our babies and our children's classes. This is... uh, a nursery uh, room uh, connected to a larger room that can really uh, handle four classes at the same time, uh, which we currently have crammed in our little house a couple blocks away. Um, this is another shot of that classroom. 
On the third floor is a uh, youth room. Another picture of the youth room. Um, on the on the basement level below the sanctuary, there is a fully functioning commercial kitchen. Uh, dishes, everything that you need to cook and clean. And right across the hall, uh, right across the hall, you will have see a fellowship hall that is ready for our Sunday brunch. Now, I know that some of you are... Oh, uh, Rebecca, will you please join me uh, to uh, help me not forget stuff? <laughs> um, so, do you want me to go back through the pictures? Are you... Do you th- does that... I, I'm just about to share that. So, what you can already tell is that this is better than what we currently have. Okay? We have negotiated a lease where we are going to have full access to this space. Okay? Uh, it's just going to be an increase of $500 a month in rent from what we currently pay only for Sunday morning. We've been almost two years on this journey, and I think we've found a church home where we can feel safe and where we can grow. Kind of feels like a big deal. And it is not far away. So what you will see is right now we are here on 36th Street at the Ideal. If you go down 36th Street, down Falls Road, it's right here. It's Hamden United Methodist Church with the columns and the red doors overlooking the skate park. Here's the skate park right here. The Roosevelt Rec right here, the whole park. So there's the address on the screen, 3449 Falls Road, Baltimore, Maryland, right? So June 2nd, if you come here, we'll be down there. (laughs) But the good news is you can walk from here to there. Now, um, anybody who has gotten used to Hamden knows that one of the top problems is parking. You know what? It's so cool about God and the way he works stuff out. Right now, just just this past summer, opened for the very first time a brand new huge parking lot right there. Huge parking lot. It's the ACE School. A-C-E, the ACE School is right there. Huge parking lot um, right there. Um, There is a median in Falls Road here, um, so it's not easy to just cross over. The church does have, um, from the city, a permit to double park the median on Sundays, um, on Sunday mornings. Um, So that is available, but I would ask any able-bodied person to try to park away from right in front of the church uh, to help those of us with access needs to be able to handle that. Um, We will be looking to try to get donated maybe a couple of shuttles and also make an arrangement with the SBCA parking lot, which is also close by, so that we can do some shuttles and just kind of make parking and getting in and out of church early. I feel like I was going pretty quick. We doing okay? Okay. All right. Beg your pardon? Yes, yeah, the parking is free there. Uh, in just a moment, I'm going to um, open it up for questions um, as well. But a part of the way that this is made possible is that we are going to partner with Hamden United Methodist Church. Now, I want to make a couple of quick comments about that. Hamden United Methodist Church is actually Hamden Methodist Protestant Church. 
And I won't get into the reason for that, but it's, it's actually a really cool reason theologically lines up with us just perfectly. Uh, Pastor Galen Zook that you see here and his family, his wife um, is from Uganda, and uh, their, their daughters, is primarily an intervarsity um, Christian campus ministry person, UMBC, uh, and has been a mutual friend. And and ironically enough, uh, grew up Pennsylvania Mennonite Dutch, and his his brother is the pastor of the Mennonite Dutch church just across the park. Um, but we have been in conversations for months now, um, talking through the, the different aspects of this, and in that he loaned me a book, which is the first 50 years of this church, uh, which is 150 years old. And in the first 50 years, the church grew from a very small handful to serving 2,000 families, the largest, most thriving church in a quite a range in the city uh, in the first 50 years. And in their origin and in their outset and their first few pastors, their vision, their heart for the city, their purpose, the things that they were writing, their values were identical to ours. I I mean, it's so close, it's scary. Like God was doing something. And years before we moved here, we and, and Joe and Anna, we started to pray for the existing churches of this city. And we started to pray that God would help them, that God would cover them. And this is, we got a beautiful picture here of, on Easter, that out in front of the, the building this past Easter, they did pancakes and whatnot. This church has, um, now around 20 people, um, at least, at least half of which are in their 70s or 80s. And our stepping in to lease the building is gonna help them survive and thrive. And we have an alignment of values and we are going to partner in serving this neighborhood for Jesus. This is going to truly be a mutually beneficial situation. Uh, we've had multiple meetings with their board members, which include Tom Kerr, who makes the, the Mayor's Christmas Parade, who is actually the person that Mayor Donald Schaefer came to to ask to start the Mayor's Christmas Parade um, and others. And this is one of the churches in Hamden that did not house the KKK. This is one of the churches in Hamden that served the neighborhood faithfully, that loved Jesus and loved people faithfully. And I believe that we should be excited about an opportunity for us to be in a better space and to help them as well. And there's lots of ideas that we've not yet discussed about how that may all uh, work and look. Now, for 100 years, they have worshipped at 11 a.m., and we want them to continue to be able to worship. Um, they, they'd like to maybe worship with us a couple of times here and there, which would be fun. They'd like to do some fellowship meals together, which would be great for us to build relationships with them. But here's, here's what I believe is necessary. We've been, some of you know, we've been in this journey for almost two years. We don't have a million dollars. And not, not to mention the fact we don't have a million dollars, not a lot of pieces of land that are actually even available to buy and to do construction. Yeah. And some of the other spaces in the area, I mean, we would need $350,000 just to start, and then we'd need $500,000 in construction. Mm-hmm. We're able to step into this right away. We've got a shared value system. We're going to need to make, a, and they have a, a food ministry, which some of you know, we love food ministry, giving away groceries, non-perishable food. And so we're going to get a chance to volunteer to help them with that. But in order to make this all work, we're also going to shift our service time. Okay. You hear me? In order to make this all work, 
we're going to shift our service time. Now, this is going to mean that our youth ministry is going to be able to use this building. This is going to mean that any classes, meetings, anything, there's prayer ministry vision in this church. There's food ministry vision in this church. Some of you already have great ideas about how we're going to use this building outside of Sunday mornings, and we're going to have all of that. But in order to make this work, we're going to shift Sunday mornings to 9 o'clock. Okay? Now, I know... I know that for some of you, that is going to be difficult, which is why earlier I underscored the word devoted. (laughs) I just want to be honest. I just want to be honest, okay? Because, listen, I know it's going to be difficult. We're going to shift some things. Pre-service prayer is going to happen at the same time the band warms up. Um, So our timeline of when we get here is actually going to be exactly the same as it is now. But I know that for many of you, that doesn't affect you. It means an hour earlier, for real. I think that's going to be tough. But I think you might find that then you have the rest of your day. And you can nap. And you can... Amen. So, now... Here's, here's how this is going to work best, and I need to wrap this up and open it up for questions. There's, we're going to have a transition time for their 11 o'clock service, and they, they have a couple of folks that sing in a choir we want to make sure they've got room for, but we have the fellowship hall in the kitchen and also a room on the main floor so we can fellowship and stay as long as you want. Right? For the first time, we're not going to be shoving you out the door, right? We can stay and hang out. And some of you know, like our church lunches, sometimes man, people here for three hours, right? All right, so we're going to have use of the space. I think the trade-off is going to be fantastic. I think, yes. and it may develop. We may, may make some adjustments that are a little bit more comfortable for us, but that's how it's going to work. Now, uh, real quick before I open it up for questions, we want to make it as convenient as possible before our first service, which will be on June 2nd. And some of you take pictures of this slide so that you can share it, message it to the folks who are not able to make it today. Um, We want to do kind of like a drop-in open house where you can come see the building. Um, You can do five minutes. You can do 30 minutes, whatever you want to do. We can give you a tour of this space, and you can just walk around it and check it out. So again, this is a drop-in, open house, five minutes, 50 minutes, however amount of time you want to take. My, my wife and I will be there. Um, that's going to be Thursday night, May 16th. Uh, we'll have the place open at 5.30 until 8, because I know for some of you, your work schedule and whatnot, you're not going to be able to get there until later. For some of you, earlier is better. So from 5.30 to 8 on Thursday, May 16th, Sunday services, 9 o'clock, we'll start first Sunday, June 2nd. And then what we want to do is our, in our second Sunday on June 9th is have our first church brunch. Have a full me 